Praise God. Uh, very excited to uh, to be able to speak tonight, and um, you know, every single time, you know, I have an opportunity to speak and, and to, to preach God's word. It's a uh, it's a very it's a huge responsibility, and you know, I come every single time. I I believe that God wants to say something. So uh, you know, also excited that today uh, it looks like there's a wedding being prepared for, and uh, you know, we have we have a couple that's going to get married tomorrow. So also excited about that. Uh, yeah, let's celebrate. <laughs> and uh, so it's it's going to be awesome time tomorrow. And tonight, uh, I feel that God has given me a word, and I'm just really excited to to be able to speak it tonight. So before that, before we start, let's pray. And uh, you know, like God is already with us, but ask Him to speak to us tonight. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that it's alive. God, we thank you that your word is actually alive, God, and that it it's living and active, God. It's inside of us. We thank you, God. And, Lord, we pray that you would speak. God, help me to preach your word tonight. God, help me to speak your word, God. Help me to be sensitive tonight to you, to your spirit. God, we pray, Lord, that there would be no distractions, God, that there would be nothing to hinder your word. Lord, we pray, God, that the seed of your word, God, it would fall on good ground tonight, God, and it would, it would produce a harvest, God, 30, 60, and 100-fold. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, if you have a Bible, please open up to Romans chapter 9. Um, if you don't have a Bible, look, look over at a Christian. He probably has a Bible. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> um, Romans chapter 9. Uh, you know, when we, were, when we went to Russia, uh, there was a uh, kind of, I was praying about what, what I'm supposed to say in, uh, in Russia. And, uh, you know, God gave me a word uh, and it's called, um, oh, don't be offended by, by Christ. Uh, well, it's actually in Russian. It's, не будь разочарован во Христе. And it took me literally like 30 minutes to be able to say that. But uh, I don't, I'm not going to preach in Russian t- tonight. Uh, I'll spare you guys, you know, from, from that. But, uh, you know, I was, as I was praying about what should, what should I talk about tonight, and God kind of reminded me of that and just book from a different perspective. So Romans chapter 9, uh, verse 32. Romans chapter 9, verse 32. And I'm, living, uh, I'm speaking out of the New King James Version. It says, why? Well, why what? Uh, why? It says, why? Because this is, this is talking about the, uh, the Israel, Israelites that they were trying to find righteousness through, through their deeds, not through faith. And he, says, and he says, why did they not attain righteousness? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law. For they stumbled at the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. And tonight I want, I want to talk about uh, the sermon. I'm going to title it, Rock of Offense. Uh, and... You know, this is, this is a, a message about Jesus. Jesus is the rock. You can tell, t- tell your neighbor, no offense, but your breath stinks. <laughs> and this, this is, Jesus is talking, uh, Paul, he's talking about that there is a rock of offense. There is a stumbling stone. Uh, what, is, what, 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 what is this talking about? This is the rock of offense, that they stumbled over it. And, and 
Uh, but it says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Uh, let's open up to uh, Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Starting from verse 1. And uh, I'm going to wait for you guys to get there. Matthew chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass, when Jesus finished commanding his twelve disciples, that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And I'm just going to give a little bit of background on what's going on. And so, uh, you know, after the last book of the Old Testament, is the is the book uh, Malachi, right? It's spe- it's spelled sound or spelled like Malachi, but it's you say it Malachi, and after Malachi to Matthew, there's about four hundred and thirty five years with no word of God. They call it the silent years, and there's uh, a lot of things happened. Uh, the in Ma- in Malachi, it was the Persians that were ruling over Israel, but in in Matthew, it's now the Romans. And so Persia was taken over by Greece. Greece was taken over by Rome. And now Rome rules in, in Israel. It's, it's, the, it's a Roman rule. And, you know, there's 435 years of spiritual darkness. There was no prophecy. There was no, there was no prophet sent to Israel. They had nothing for 435 years. And now, uh, you know, all of a sudden, things begin to happen. And, and uh uh, John the Baptist, he, he goes into the wilderness and, and God gets him ready in the wilderness and he, he, he gets out of the wilderness and he begins to preach. And Isaiah uh, prophesied about him and he said that he is the voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. And, and all of a sudden, uh, there's John, John the Baptist and, and he is sent by God. And, and then John the Baptist has six months and then in, in the six months, he prepares the way for Jesus. And then Jesus, he, he steps on the scene. And, and now it's, John is in prison, and, and Jesus is, you know, it's, it's his, uh, he, he kind of takes over the spotlight. And he becomes kind of the main topic for, for, the, for the church or for, for Israel, you could say. Uh, and, and so John is sitting in prison, and he's wondering, uh, is Jesus the Messiah? He's, he's asking he, he, he sent his disciples. He said, when John had heard about uh, in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, are you the coming one or do we look for another? Are you the coming one or do we look for another? Why does he say that? You know, I, I, I believe that, that everyone was expecting the Messiah to be, to be a savior of Israel. Now that's what Jesus was, but in a different way. They expected him to save Israel uh, probably in an earthly kind of, it's an earthly kingdom. They, everyone thought that Jesus was going to come and take over the, 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 the Romans and he was going to, uh, they're going to destroy all the Romans and Israel was going to come back to, to power and they were going to be, uh, 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 you know, like, like they were before and he was going to restore their glory. And, and they, they, all, they all believed that Jesus was, was talking about an earthly kingdom. And even, even uh, when, when Peter, or when Jesus began to say, yeah, I'm going to die, uh, and I'm a, and, but in three days, I'm going to resurrect. And, and Peter said, no, Jesus, you can't talk, you can't say those kinds of things. Can you imagine Peter was the only person in the history of the earth to tell Jesus he was wrong, that Jesus, you can't talk like that. 
what, what, what do you mean we're going to, what do you mean you're going to die? If you die, we all die. And, and then we can't, we can't, you know, take over and we can't be your, your helpers. You know, you're going to be king and we're going to be your helpers. And they all, they all thought, you know, Jesus is going to be some kind of king and he's going to take over and all the Romans are going to be, you know, they're all going to kill all the Romans and, and they're going to be in charge and, and it's going to be like a, like a, uh, and they're, they're going to be princes and Jesus is going to be king. And they all had kind of this, this wrong idea. And, and a, lot of, a lot of Israel at that time, most of Israel, they were expecting Messiah not to just, not to do miracles, but they were expecting the Messiah to, to be, you know, a, a powerful ruler on this earth. And they had no idea. Even, even after Jesus, uh, even after he, uh, when he resurrected uh, and he came to his disciples and his disciples said, Jesus, when are you going to restore your kingdom? They were still wondering, Jesus, what, 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 when are we going to be, you know, sitting with you on your right and your left hand? Uh, and they thought it was all that Jesus talked about an earthly kingdom. I think that they finally understood it when Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit was poured out. And they finally understood that what, what Jesus, he wasn't talking about an earthly kingdom. He was talking about a heavenly kingdom. And, and so Jesus, you know, he... It, it, it says later, Jesus answered, verse 4, Jesus answered and, and said to them, Go and tell John which, which you hear, the things which you hear and see. Verse number 5, The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended by me. Jesus said, Blessed is that person who's not offended by me. And that's an interesting statement, isn't it? Blessed is he who is not offended by me. And you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, when we talk about being offended by Jesus. You know, you could be offended by, say, your friend, right? You, your friend could say, well, I don't like how you dress, or I don't like how you talk, or I don't like how, you know, your nose is too big, your ears too big, whatever. You know, somebody, you know, somebody at school could offend you. Somebody, somebody you know could offend you. You could be offended by a person. But, you know, essentially, we don't really think that Jesus can offend somebody. Can Jesus really offend a person? Like, can we really be offended by God? Is that even possible? Uh, but Jesus, he says that blessed is he who is not offended because of me. So there is something there that, that Jesus is talking about. And, and you know, John, he was, he was sitting in prison. You can imagine John. He, he gave up his whole life. And, you know, there's some people that, that don't know God at all and, and are not you know, what you call saved, they don't, they're, not, they're not a Christian, and they're offended by God. They're offended by the gospel. You know, if you tell uh, me, uh, me and my brother Roman and, and Sasha, and you feel the last week we're, we're, we went out to North Everett, we were witnessing, and one of the guys that we were talking to, he, was, uh, he, he said, well, you know what, Jesus didn't really have to die for me. He didn't really have to do that on the cross. You know, he didn't have to die for my sins. You know, some people, they're offended because they don't think that they needed somebody to die for their sins. You know, I don't, I don't know if you've ever talked to somebody about Jesus and you tell them, you know, that you need a Savior because of your sin. A lot of, a lot of times the answer that you get back is, well, I'm a good person, right? That, that's the answer that you get back. I, I, know I, I told my supervisor at work, I told him, you know, listen, you, you need a Savior because, because, because of sin. And you're not saved unless... You, you believe in Jesus and you repent of your sins. You need Jesus to save you from your sins. And he's like, well, I'm a good person and, and I don't lie and, and, and I don't steal. I don't commit adultery. I'm, uh, you know, I pay my taxes. And he, he, he's like, I'm a good moral person. And, and he started saying, you know, oh, there's Christians that, that do horrible stuff and I'm not like that. I'm a good person. God wouldn't send me to hell. 
And that's the, that's the excuse a lot of people, they don't think that they need a savior. They don't think that they need somebody to save them from their sin. They don't think they're bad enough, basically. They don't think that they did enough, enough bad stuff to deserve hell. And so they're offended because, you know, they don't think that Jesus had to die for them. I think God can't stand that. Honestly, I think when God hears that, he, he, he hates that because, you know, can you imagine Jesus was sent on this earth, God's one and only son, had all the sins placed on him, on his shoulders, and God even turned away from him, and, and he didn't even look at him because he had so much sin on him, and God hates sin. And, and, then, and then you say, well, I didn't need a savior. I'm, I'm good. I didn't, you didn't have, God, you didn't have to send your son to die like that. You didn't have to do that. It was pointless. I'm, I'm, I'm good enough. I think God can't stand that. But you know, John is not in that. that, that that's not him. He, it's, he's not asking God, you know, I don't need a savior. He, he's saying, John is in prison, all right? And he gave up his life for, for the gospel, basically. He gave up his life for God. You know, he's in the desert. It's hot during the day. It's cold during the night. There's, he has nothing to eat. He's eating locusts and wild honey. Uh, he has camel hair on. He's got, he's got a leather belt on. Uh, he's kind of like a high school dropout, you know? And, and uh, the, the, the reason why I say that, because he was a priest. He was supposed to, he's the son of a priest. He's supposed to be a priest, right? He's supposed to be, uh, you know, his dad was a priest, and, and, and he was supposed to be in the same position, right? He was supposed to be, uh, you know, following in his father's footsteps and being in the, in the temple and having the robe on and, and, and eating meat and, you know, making sacrifices. And he was supposed to have this honored position, and, and he drops all of that. And he says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be obedient to God. And he goes into the wilderness. We don't know how long he was there, but it says that he was in the wilderness. And, and he it gave up his whole life, gave up everything just for, for God, for the gospel. And, and he sees Jesus. And it says, it says in verse 2, it says, when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he heard about his works. What, what, were, what was Jesus doing? Jesus says, uh, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. So Jesus is spending his time with poor people. He's going around and, and healing sick people. He's, uh, he's, he's talking to, you know, to individuals. He's uh, going to weddings and turning water into wine. He's, uh, he's helping, you know, poor. He, he's talking about being poor in spirit, you know, being meek. And, 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 and John is probably thinking, Jesus, what are you doing? This is not what you're supposed to do. You're the Messiah. You're supposed to be involved with politics. You're supposed to be up there, you know, in, in, in power. And, and you're, you're supposed to take over the, the, the Roman Empire. And we're supposed to be ruling as, as, as a nation. And, and John is, you know, I, I think he, he doesn't understand what's going on. And he has, it, it, Jesus said, blessed he who's not offended. And I believe at this point, John, he was offended. Or, or may, I think he had doubt about what was happening. Because he's thinking, man, Jesus, I gave up everything for you. What, what, what did I do it for? You know, John was the, was the person that said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was the first person to, to, to say that about Jesus. You know, that might have been the most powerful statement up until human, you know, in, in human history up until that point. And he said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away. He understood who Jesus was. He, he had a revelation of Christ. And, and he, he knew Without a doubt, he knew that Jesus was the Messiah. Why does he now say, Jesus, is it really you? He said, are you the coming one, verse 3, or do we look for another? 
Are you, are you really Jesus? Are, are, are Jesus, are you really the Messiah? Are, are you really the one that, 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 we, that was prophesied about? Or do we look for another one? He began, it looks like he began to doubt. And doubt started coming, to, coming into his heart. And he thought he knew God. He thought he understood what, what God was doing. But, but here we see he has doubt. And he's in prison, and, and it's, it's kind of a bad place for him. And, and he has doubt. And, you know, I, I think John the Baptist, he was the most, says that he was the most out of all men that were born of women. He was the most powerful. He, there was no one like him up until that time. And, but, but he has doubt in his, in his mind, in his heart. He has doubt. He, he's not sure of what's going on. He's not sure of, uh, you know, what, what, what is happening. He's not sure. There's doubt. And, you know, all of us, from time to time, we have doubt that, that fills our, our minds, that fills us, right? All of us have doubt from time to time. I don't know if anyone that did, did, that did not have doubt, if John the Baptist had doubt, I think we all, you know, there's times in our life where we have doubt. I think there's time in our life where, where we even doubt that God exists. I think everyone had that, have, had that happen where, where maybe you doubted that is God real or not? Is he, is he really alive? Is he controlling the whole universe? You know, what is really happening? And all of us have doubt from time to time. And all of us, there's, there's moments in our life where doubt enters into our mind and, and we're not sure of what's going on. We're not really sure what's happening. And you know, at this moment, this is where our faith is tested. And I believe John, his faith was tested right here. And our faith, you know, there's a saying that if your faith, a faith that is tested is a faith that could be trusted. If your faith is tested by God, that is a faith that can be trusted by God. That, that, that's a faith that, that, that has a foundation in Christ. And a faith that if, you, if we want to build our faith, our faith will be tested. Is, is no doubt that, that all of us, we need faith. We need our faith built up, right? And, and you know, the, 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 the uh, Pharisees, it was a question of faith. It says in the, the first verse that, that, that we read in Romans, it says that because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. It, it, it was a question of faith. Faith was, what, was what's that question at that point. They had a question. It was a question of faith. They didn't have enough faith. They couldn't believe that that. that Jesus died for their sins. They couldn't believe it. It, it was faith. That, that was the issue at hand. And, and faith is many times, that's the question in our life, is faith. And all of us have doubt. All of us have, have a time of doubt. But that doubt is, is not, it's not the opposite of faith. It's the absence of faith. And when there's little faith, doubt comes in. And we all have that moment. But Jesus, he wants to, to, to make our faith firm. And it says in... Uh, in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 9 it says unless your faith is firm i cannot make you i cannot make you stand firm unless your faith is firm i cannot make you stand firm and all of us have that moment of of doubt but but god is calling every single one of us to walk it out by faith and i believe that john he had he had that moment in when he was in jail and and he had that moment whether he was going to doubt or, or he was going to take it by faith and believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And I believe that he did. We don't know in Scripture what happened. He, he was beheaded, and we don't know really what happened to him after that. But, but I, be, I believe that John, uh, he, he put his faith in, in, in Jesus. It said, it said in that same verse uh, in Romans, it says that whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. 
and, and there's that, that time of doubt comes where, where, you, where, you, where you're not sure, uh, God, is, am I doing the right thing? God, is, are, you, are you real? Or God, what, what, God, I don't know what's happening in my life. What, what, what is happening? What, what is going on? But, but this is the moment where our faith is tested. And when our faith is tested, it's, it's, it's tried like gold. And see, God says, it says that he, he wants to purify us like gold. How is gold purified? Gold is, is melted. And, and, and the guy that's, that's melting it, once all the impurities, they, they rise up to the top. And once the impurities rise up to the top, he, he, he removes them. And, and he, the process, he, he, he does it over and over again until all the impurities are gone. And, and he continues until he can see his face in the gold. And when he can see his face in the gold, he knows that the gold is pure. And God is, is the same way. When he can see his reflection in us, when, when his image is, is when his image in us is in us and he can see himself in us that's where he says okay now you're, you're, uh, now you're formed Christ is formed in you there's a verse in, uh, in James or I'm sorry not in James it's Galatians 4.19 it says God wants to uh, it says my little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you there, there, there's a moment there, there's a moment where Christ is supposed to be formed in us so I have a question. Is Christ formed in you? Is, is, is Christ, has Christ been formed in you? Do you have the mind of Christ? Do you have the thoughts of Christ? Is, is Christ formed in you? Or, or is it just something that, 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 you, that you do? Is, is Christ, uh, is his image formed in you? Can, you? can somebody see him in you? You know, when we were, when we were in... Um, when we were walk, uh, on, in, in Everett on Saturday, we were witnessing, and one, one of the, uh, the, the the last person that we came up to, and I told some of you guys the story already, but the, the, the last guy we came up to, he was a uh, big, big dude. He's about, I don't know, Roman Gujib's not here now. He's, 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 a, he's about the same size as Roman Gujib. Pretty big, like six foot three, you know, just looks, looks like, a, like an NFL player or something. And I came up to him and I said, you know, I told him about God, you know, do you believe in God? And, and, and he looked at me, he kind of smiled, and, and he kind of hesitated. And he said, he said uh, well, are you, are you a real Christian? Are you a real Christian or are you a fake Christian? I'm kind of, whoa, that, you don't really get that response when you tell somebody about God. And, and, and I'm like, where, 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 where are you coming from? I didn't really know what, what he was talking about. He said, are you a real Christian or are you a fake Christian? Uh, he's like, because I can't stand the fake Christians. I just can't stand them. I'm like, oh, Okay. Great, this, and, and you can kind of see in his eyes. You know, I, I, I could tell in his eyes he was, he, he, he looked like a, a like a real genuine Christian, and and, and he said, yeah, because I can't stand those real those, those fake Christians. I have, I don't want anything to do with them, and and so it's good good thing I was uh, I, I was like, yeah, I'm a real Christian, amen. <laughs> I am a real Christian, uh, and and you know can can people see that you're a real Christian? Because I mean I, I think there's there's almost nothing worse than a fake Christian, amen. Uh, there, there's just there's few things that are worse than a fake Christian. You know, we I have some some you know I know some fake Christians, and and you know I at work I even told them I'm like please don't tell people you're you're a Christian, because it's just it's you're 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 not a good example. Why why not? I'm like because you're not a Christian, you know, and and it's it, there's almost nothing worse than a fake Christian. It's it's like that song that uh, that said uh, uh, you know the the greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians. Uh, and that that was uh, that Jesus freak song. Uh, what if I stumble, right? And and uh, and, and yeah, it's it's like many many you know people in the world they look at a Christian, 
and, and they see that he's a fake Christian and, it's, and, and it, 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 it doesn't leave a pleasant taste in your mouth. And, you know, the question is, is Christ formed in you? That, that's, that's the question. And I believe that that is what God wants to do. See, he wants to take our faith and he wants to stretch us until Christ is formed in us. And that's what, he, that, that's what his, his goal is. He, God, he, he, he's not concerned really about how we feel or how we don't feel. Are we happy or are we not happy? He wants Christ formed in us. He wants, he wants, there to, he, he wants people to look at us and to see Christ living inside of us. And, you know, like Ramir said today, you know, there, there, there's something better than happiness. There is, there is something better than happiness. It's joy. Amen? And, and you know, pe- most people, they're content with being happy. Just I've, I've, as long as I'm happy, as long as I can go to church and, uh, you, know, you know, say a prayer, you know, shed, shed a tear, and, and I feel good going home, and, and everything's okay. And, you know, that, that, that's, that's all good, but sometimes I feel like we, we need to go home feeling bad. You know, some, sometimes I, I, I feel like, I feel like we, 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 we just, we look for, we look for the, the, the happiness. We look for happiness, you know, just as long as I'm happy, I'm, I'm okay, I'm good. And, you know, ha- happiness is it's easy. You know, you have good, you know, you have a good day. Uh, you have a, I don't know, good weather outside, and you're, you're, you're happy. You're, yeah, this day is great. And, and, but, you know, it, just as easy as that comes, you know, it's raining here. It rains a lot here in Seattle. You know, you feel bad all of a sudden. Now you're depressed. And, and you know, it's like, it's like, well, you could be happy, and then you could be sad all of a sudden. And that, that's, that, that's, not the, that, that's not what we're looking for. You know, one of my favorite quotes is uh, that Jesus didn't die to make us happy. He, uh, or, I'm sorry, it was uh, happiness is a, temporary, uh, is a temporary feeling, but joy is a permanent condition that's established at the cross. And that, that's a quote, quote by Joel Stockstill. And, you know, that's true. Happiness is something that comes so easily, but, but joy is something that comes through pain. Joy is something that, like it says, that uh, though the sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes, in the, joy comes in the morning. Or there's weeping in the night. There's, there's weeping. There's, there's tears. There's, there's sorrow. It's, it, it hurts. It's, there's pain. But there's joy that comes. And, you know, if you're happy, hey, you know, you'll, you'll sing along with the song. You'll clap your hands. But if you got joy, man, you'll dance before the Lord like David did. Amen? And, and, and when, you know, D- David wouldn't have been dancing before God if he, if he was just happy. No, that's, that's where joy comes in. And see, that's, that's where God wants to bring us. He wants to bring us to that condition of, of our faith being tested. And, and when our faith is tested, it's, it's, then it can be trusted. That's where we get a foundation in Christ. That's where we receive our foundation in, in, in the Word of God. We receive that, that's where we get a foundation. And that's where, that's where we know that, that, you know what, we won't be shaken and when a storm comes, we won't be shaken because Jesus is in that storm. And, you know, a lot of times it's when we're shaken, it's when our faith is tried that we find Jesus. A lot of times it's when, it's when, uh, it's when we get that, 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 that trial, like it says in James. It says in James uh, chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. Uh, verse 2 through 4, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So when you go through trials, when you go through something difficult, you don't understand it, it says that your faith is tested. And when your faith is tested, it produces patience. And when your patience, uh, when, when, and it says that, but let the patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, 
lacking nothing. And see, God wants to get us to that spiritual maturity. He wants, us, he wants to get us to complete maturity. And people, everyone wants maturity, right? Everyone wants to be spiritually mature. I don't know anybody that doesn't want spiritual maturity. But, you know, because then you're, you're in the fullness of God. You're, you have the fullness of God in you. But everyone wants to just say a prayer, you know, and pray for one month and then receive full maturity. And, it's, you know, it's easy as that. And, and that's not how maturity comes. Maturity comes through, through years and years. And, you know, it's like at, at, at 16, you think you know everything. And, and at, you know, 26, you realize you don't know anything or you know very little. And, and see, what is that? That's maturity. And God wants to get us into a place of maturity. He wants to get all of us into a place of spiritual, uh, spiritual maturity. And, and, and that comes through our faith being tested that comes through our faith being tried and i believe john when he was in that prison he was he was questioning he was he was questioning he said god i don't know why jesus i don't know why you're you're going around and and you know turning water into wine and, you, and and you're saying these things i don't know why you're doing it but i believe that john said no i believe that you are the messiah and i believe that my work was not in vain because he he stood on the word of god and you know it's it's like we all want we all want to have spiritual strength but you know like like john he it's he it says that he was he was uh strong in the spirit he was strong in the spirit that's what it says in luke he was strong in spirit and all of us want to be strong in spirit you know i don't know about you i want to be strong in the spirit everyone you know that 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 is following after god they want to be strong in spirit but how did that come how is but we, we want to have we want to have strength we want to have spiritual strength but we don't want to go through the desert that that john the baptist went through right it says he was in the desert uh you know in the desert it, it's it's tough it's hot during the day it's cold at night and, and it's it's a tough environment but that's where he received his strength that's where strength came is he he went through that he went through 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 the testing and you know so my question is also are we offended by god what, what, what does that mean, offended by God? Uh, can, can God really offend us? Is that even possible? Can God offend us? Is, is that really, you know, is that, is that real? Can he offend us? And, and I believe, yes, that God does offend people. And, you know, he, he offends the, the world at large because they think that they're good enough. They don't need righteous. They, they don't need him to die for their sins. But he also offends Christians. Uh, I believe that all of us are going to have that time where we can be offended by Christ. Where we can be offended by something that he does or something that he says or his works. Maybe his work maybe in your life you didn't think that he would do what he's doing. Maybe you, you didn't think that, that he was gonna that he was gonna lead you where he's leading you. Or or, or maybe you you thought that you would have something. You prayed for something and you didn't get it. Or you, you, you thought that you would have something or you or maybe I don't know, maybe you're you're you don't understand what Jesus is doing in your life. And you don't understand what, what his purpose is, is for you. And, 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 and sometimes, you know, it could offend you. It could offend uh, because it's an offensive gospel. And Jesus said, blessed is he who is not offended. You know, a way to check, because Jesus said, it, you know, if you, don't, if you don't leave your father, mother, brother, sister, uh, you know, whatever, all the dreams, if you don't leave it, if you don't love me more than the, these things, you're not worthy of being mine. And I feel like a, a way to, to, to check where we're at with God is with our friends, you know, friendships. And, uh, you know, all of us, we, we either had friends that, that were not right with God or we have them right now. And, you know, all of us ha- ha- either have or had this person that, that, man, is just so, so 
it's it's so good to talk to him. You know, you you feel co- like 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 you're you know, what what's the word when you're compatible or whatever? You 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 can relate to him and and you have the same interests and and uh, you know you can you you like to text him and or her and you know it's you 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 feel like you have a friendship going and and you enjoy it. You get to hang out, but at the same time, you know that this person does not love God. You know that this person is not right with God, and you know that he's a bad influence on you. And, you know, there was a, a story about King Jehoshaphat. King Jehoshaphat, he was a great king. It says that he loved God. It says that he took delight in God. He was a great man of God. And, and it says that he even went out to preach to Israel by himself. He went to preach to Judah, and then he went to preach to Israel, who was, they were separated from Judah. And, and he went to preach to people. He was a king. No, one, no, no king ever did that. And, and he loved God with all his heart, but he had one issue. And he, he had r- wrong companions. And uh, he, he, uh, he, he, by marriage, he was related to Ahab. He, his son married Ahab's daughter. And then, uh, and then he was friends with Ahab, and he, he went to war with him. And it's only by God's grace that he didn't die in, in that war. And then, and then uh, he also had a, a, another king that he was friends with, Ahaziah or Hazia. I don't know, I probably butchered that name. Hazia, another king who was also wicked before God. And he also had that as his friend. And a prophet said to him, uh, Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to, the, to King Jehoshaphat, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Therefore the wrath of the Lord is upon you. This is Second uh, Chronicles 19.2. It says, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Should you love those who hate the Lord? Uh, and, and, you know, God did not approve. And, and you know, he could have he been much greater if his companion, if he was right companion, if he had the right people around him. He could have been even greater than he was. And because of that, he didn't enter into the fullness of God. And, and friendship is something, you know, who, who you are today is really who, who you're hanging out with. Who you're going to be in the future is who you're hanging out with right now. Who are your close friends. And, you know, who, who, who are those people that influence you? Because all of us had that time. You know, I remember when, when sometimes they're hard to find. Even, even in a church, even in a, in a church environment, they're hard to find somebody that really loves God with all his heart. They're hard to find sometimes. It's hard to find a good friend like that. And you know what? It's better to, to have no friends than, 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 than to have friends that, that hate God. And, or or not, not even hate God, friends that don't care about God's word and don't love God with all their heart. And, you know, I remember in, in my life, I remember when I had no, there was about six months where I didn't have a close friend because I, God, God was teaching me at that time. He was testing me. He was trying me. And, and I felt like he told me, do, just separate yourself from, from you know, from, from different people and, and, and seek after me. Seek after my, my will. And, you know, that's just a test, how we can test ourselves. And, you know what, maybe you're offended by by by. God, by Christ, uh, you know, sometimes we, we feel offended that, you know, maybe people aren't treating us right or, or, or you know, it's not, our life isn't fair. Or, you know, some, sometimes you think, God, why, why do I have this life? Why was I born in this family? Or, or why do I have these friends? Or, what, uh, you know, what, what's, what's going on in my life? How come I have these circumstances? Why couldn't I have this? Or why couldn't I have that? God, it would have been so much easier if you would have given me this. God, why is life not fair? Or, you know, all, you know so sometimes we get, that, we get that mindset. God, it's, it's you know, and we, we can be offended 
by Jesus. We could be, you know, we could say, God, people aren't treating me right. And, and, and you know, it's, it's not fair. The people that are around me, it's, it's, it's not right. Well, you know, why am I in this, in this environment? Uh, but but it's, it's okay to feel like that sometimes. But I believe that God wants us to overcome that. He wants us to, to overcome that with faith. With faith, continue to follow God. And Jesus said that he who overcomes, I will give them, I, I, will put, I will write their names in the book of life. And, and Jesus says that, fear not, for I have overcome the world. Don't fear not, for I have. See, Jesus already overcame the world. He already did it for us, right? We, we, all we have to do is look upon him. All we have to do is look at him. And, and trust in him. And, and you know what? There might be that time when you're, when you're offended by Christ. Uh, maybe something you don't understand is happening in your life. But, but Jesus, is, Jesus is, has already said, fear not, for I have overcome the world. I've already made it. He, he's, already, he's already made a way for us. You know, if God, can, if God is for us, who's going to be against us? If Jesus is on our side, who can be against us? And I wanted to, to pray tonight about that. So let's stand up right now. Let's stand up. And, and, you know, we're all in different areas. We're all in different seasons in our life. And I just want to pray so that God would take us through the, the trials and that he would build our faith. And, and God is going to stretch our faith and he wants to stretch our faith. But God, but we need to submit to him. We need to, we need to be overcomers in the faith that God has called us to.